Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. Turn to the person beside you and say, be about it. Turn to the person on the other side and say, be about it. Turn to the person that you turn to first and say, be about it. It's funny how you put different emphasis on different words. It kind of changes the meaning. I don't want to just talk about it. I certainly don't want to just complain about it. I don't want to just think about it. Like growing in my faith is not something I want to spend a lot of time thinking about. I want to put action to it. Are you with me? We want to be about it. I remember when I was uh, about eight years old, I was at a summer camp. And, uh, and at this summer camp, we were on uh, a boat, my entire cabin, my counselor in this summer camp. And, uh, we were on a lake in Northern British Columbia. Okay. Northern BC, a lot of big mosquitoes. That's about it for wildlife. And, and we were on this lake. We maybe saw the odd fish jump. And as we were making our way across the small little lake, the, the counselor went like this. Oh, 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 guys, guys, look right there. It's a crocodile. And uh, because we were eight, uh, most of the people in the boat were like, no. And before long, like, I see it too. Oh, it's so big. Oh, do you see the tail? And it's like they're looking at like a bulrush that's kind of, you know, moving in the water. Like, I totally saw it. And there's like panic ensuing on this boat. Panic ensuing as everyone is is convinced that a crocodile in a northern British Columbia lake is going to attack them. I was eight years old, but I knew something was up. I was eight years old, but I, I, I understood my, uh, my animal studies enough to know there ain't no crocodiles in northern B.C. So I threw it right back at my counselor. I said, that's not a crocodile. You didn't see a crocodile. And he said, well, how do you know I didn't see a crocodile? I said, because there's no crocodiles in northern BC. He said, well, how do you know there's no crocodiles in, in this region? I said, because I've seen it in a book. I hadn't seen it in a book. I just knew. And so he said this, well, why don't you jump in the water and prove it? <clears throat> and at a moment where my faith was tested, I had a moment where my convictions were put to the test. I had a moment like I was pretty sure, but you kind of have to be really sure, right? And all the other boys were like, don't do it. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. I totally saw the crocodile. It's real. The crocodile is real. A showdown. <laughs> Counselor on one end of the boat, me on the other end of the boat. Somehow a bull rush. And it was like, doo 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 yeah, a tumbleweed kind of rolled by. And I'm like, he's like, jump in the water, prove it. And I remember sitting there thinking, you know, it's crazy. Like the first thought that came to my mind, I'm eight. My first thought that comes to my mind, I don't need to prove anything. It's funny how quick that happens in our lives. That is a human condition to feel like, like, well, I can say some things. I don't have to put action to it. And then he said this to me and it stuck with me the rest of my life. From across the boat, all these terrified cabin mates, he said, hey, Justin, Faith requires action. Faith requires action. You could put it this way. Faith plus action equals faith. 
Faith plus, is it because action is nothing? No, it's faith is nothing without action. Without action, faith is not actually even faith. Without action, faith is just fantasy. Without action, faith is just a, a, a soapbox that we stand up on and say the things we, we think are true, but unless we're willing to put some action to them, it's not truly faith. It's just a fantasy. All, all this next month and as we continue to grow as a church, this is the, the only thing that's rattling through in my mind. As, as Pastor Jennifer and I were preparing for Vision Sunday, it's like, what new activities are, are we going to do? What new initiatives, what new goals should we take on as a church? How is it that God wants to grow us? To what new community should we be in starting a new location? To what new subgroup of people should we be trying to reach? How should we expand and grow? And, and this is the only thing that rattles through my mind is sitting on the boat that day and someone looking at me across the boat and saying, faith requires action. Like if you believe it, what are you going to do about it? I don't know, but yeah, I don't want to just think about my faith. I don't just want to talk about my faith. I don't just want to make passive statements about faith when I'm gathered around with people who feel safe. Say, so isn't God good? And then we all go, yeah, God is good. But, but what are we going to do about it? How are we going to actually be about the thing we say that we believe? Check out this uh, passage of Scripture that, that we looked at last week. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, in verse 12, I love this, this piece of scripture as Paul is talking. Second Corinthians 10 and uh, in verse 12. Are you there? Do you bring a Bible today? Amazing. Liz got a Bible. Brett doesn't. You should be sitting by your wife, Brett. She brought your Bible for you. It's amazing. If you have a phone, why don't you turn there with me? Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10. You can look up on the screen as well. You know we're ready to serve you when you forget your Bible. Check it out. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. It says this. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and they compare themselves with themselves, they're not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service that God himself has assigned to us. A sphere that also includes you. Can you just underline that in your Bible? or highlight it on your Bible app, the sphere of service that God has assigned to us. We're not going too far in our boasting, as would be the case if we had not come to you, for we did get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. Our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. For we do not want to boast about work already done in someone else's territory. But let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. If you underline that, that phrase, sphere of service, could you underline this as well? Our sphere of activity. In verse 15, the sphere of activity. I think if, if we were to put one picture to what it is to be about it, it's this. God wants to grow your sphere of service. God wants to expand our sphere of activity. Faith requiring action of each one of us is that, that God wants us to focus on the sphere of service that he has assigned to us. And as our faith grows, see that sphere of activity expand as well. Do you know that God's heart and desire for you and I is that we would become bigger people? Like bigger. That our lives would become larger. That our influence would, would be 
deeper. Like, like, does everyone believe that or just me? Like, God wants to grow your life. God wants to do something on the inside of you that would change the world. And someone here like, no, 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 I grew up in church. Hum, hum, humbleness, humility, that's what God wants to do. God is trying to bring me low. God is trying to remind me how small I am. God is trying to remind me how sinful I am. God is trying to remind me how broken I am. And I know it because the church I grew up in reminded me all the time. I'm small and sinful and broken and lost and and, and, and ignorant. And so I know God's trying to humble me. And everything that's ever gone wrong in my life, people have come and said, God's just trying to humble you. And so I have this conviction or thought of God that he is out doing what he can to treat me like a a character on a -a whack-a-mole game. And every time I start to grow in life to just remind me how small I am. Is that anybody's vision of God? Has anyone had that perspective of God that God is trying to take you low? Well, it's just a misrepresentation of Scripture. The Bible says this. God calls us to this, to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord so that he can lift us up. Humility is not God's end game for you. Humility is not God's end goal for you, to get you small and remind you of how small you are and then say, now just stay there. No, humility is is the entranceway or the gateway or the, the, the initiation, the beginning of that activation process for God to lift you up. That's God's goal for our life. That's God's goal for your life. That's God's goal, I believe, for your family, for your marriage, for your business aspirations, for your art, for your creativity, for your influence, that it would grow in accordance with your willingness to stay humble. That as you stay humble, God would lift you up. That as you get low, God would say, no, no, I don't want you to stay there. Like in my presence, you're going to stay low, but I want to lift you up. And I want to expand your reach. And I want the sphere of activity that you have presently been assigned to, to greatly expand. Does somebody believe that in the house today? See, God wants to grow our faith. How does he grow our faith? We looked at it last week. Let me, let me highlight it for you again. Number one, God grows our faith by stretching us wider. God grows our faith in our life when we're in the stretch. When you feel stretched beyond your comfort, it's an opportunity for God to grow your faith. How are we going to grow our faith? We're going to stretch wider. We're going to stretch out wider. We're going to be more aggressively inclusive to reach more people. I'm going to open up my social calendar a little bit more to include more people. I'm going to open up my life and my perspective and my generosity, and I'm going to do what I can to to be stretched a little bit more, to make more room for the thing that God loves so desperately, which is people. I'm going to allow the the things I go through that are stretching me to, to expand my faith. Number two, we owe our impact. Do you believe that? And then thirdly, we're going to go above and beyond. That's what Paul's saying here. He said, I want to see this happen, that your faith would grow. Because when your faith grows, our activity expands. And when our activity expands, God's going to send some people out. When our activity expands, we have no idea the above and beyond dream that God has for our lives. And I believe it's true that like we have yet to see or conceive or dream of or feel confident enough to speak out loud all of the things that God will do through the people who call Vivid Church home. Like, like I, I, we wouldn't even dare to begin to speak it because it seems too crazy what God could do and will do through us as our faith grows. So everything about this year, we're just going to grow in our faith. Everything we do, we're going to be about it. 
And as we can activate our faith, not more activity, but more activation, not more tasks, but in the midst of the things we're doing to say, I am going to put action to my faith. I don't know about you. I feel like that eight-year-old boy again in a boat in northern British Columbia having to face the fear of an imminent crocodile. Having it shouted across the, the, the little outboard motor. Faith requires action. Like our faith requires us to be about it. The faith that we profess on a Sunday, if it doesn't affect our Monday, might not actually be the faith we thought it was on a Sunday. Like the, the faith that we claim by throwing a like on somebody's Facebook post around something spiritual, we're like, wow, I'm just really stretching myself right now. Like that, that faith, if it doesn't actually lead us towards any actionable activity, it's probably not faith yet. Now, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just like the, the beginning work of faith. It's just the seed form of faith. What does Jesus say? He said, if you have faith that at present is like a seed, it can grow into something Im- immense. Like if you have faith that's presently insignificant in size, I'm not scolding you for that. I, I want to put a highlighter on that and say that right there can change the world. But, but that won't grow into a tree, that seed you have. Unless, unless you're willing to be about it. Like that there, just saying that you believe in, in, in the God of the heavens. Cool. What are you going to do with that faith so that it grows into something bigger? I don't know if you could today, if you could imagine whatever faith you have is still in seed form. I've, I've been in relationship with God like virtually my entire life. When I was three years old, my sister tried to evangelize to me, and she was getting too aggressive, so I punched her in the face. No joke. And then I felt conviction and guilt that I had persecuted an evangelist in my life. And it was that moment, the first time I actually felt real legitimate guilt for something wrong, and I made what was equivalent to a tiny little seed form of faith declaration in that moment as my parents led me through a prayer that probably resulted in me also being in trouble, right? Like I still, I'm sure, had to pay the consequence of punching my sister, but, but I knew I was right before God. And my faith in a small, tiny seed form has grown from that point to where it is, is today. And yet, I look at the faith I have right now and I say, I still got a handful of seed. I want to I be about it. Let's do something with the faith on the inside of us. Let's activate the faith on the inside of us. When we read the God of the Bible who, who changes things, who can change things, who can heal, and he, he, he works and he moves and he leaves people astonished and astounded, let's be about it. Let's put that type of faith into action in our life. I'm going to give you three little simple thoughts about this, okay? Three little thoughts uh, about how to grow our faith only going to take a moment because I feel so liberated. we got a whole month to talk about what it is to be about it. We have a daily blog going up. There's content going out all the time trying to help grow in this, in this area and in this sphere. I, I love this passage from James 2.17 out of the message when it says this, isn't it nonsense? That might be the, the, my favorite thing Eugene Peterson ever wrote. Isn't it obvious that we're just going to talk about God and not do anything? That's just nonsense. 
Like this is a, a season and a year in our life to be about it. Let's put into action what we believe. First thought I want to share is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. It will probably come into play sometime before the week is out. Everything that causes us to feel stretched can grow our capacity. Everything, every time you feel stretched, it's an opportunity to recognize God is growing your capacity. Choice is yours. You're going to be stretched until until you, you snap or you're going to allow God to grow your capacity. Everything. Like what's stretching you right now? What do you find difficult right now? That very thing is an opportunity that God has to grow your capacity. Maybe you're, you're, you're living in Vancouver and you just moved here and you feel stretched by, by how few friends you have and you feel stretched that you need to keep putting yourself out there in social settings to make more friends and I just feel so stretched right now. It's just so crazy. The, like, like, like all of the things that are these factors that are pulling on my life. Guess what? God's growing your capacity. You are going to come out of this season with more friends. You will have more relational capacity on the other side of this than you have right now. And your life is going to expand. Your sphere of activity is going to grow if you let it. Right now, you're like, oh, I feel so stretched with my time, my schedule. You have no idea how busy I am. It's always a funny talk, always a funny conversation. For competitive people especially, they start to compete about who's busier, who sleeps less, and who who feels more stressed out. You feel like, oh, man, I'm so busy. I'm trying to work this job, and I'm taking this course, and I got this commitment, and then now we're going to have a kid, and whatever other those things are. Guess what? God is growing your capacity. If you let him, you'll come out of this season more efficient, more capable, more able to make quality prioritizing decisions where some of the things that are taking up time right now you realize don't matter as much as you thought they did. Everything that, that causes you to feel stretched is an opportunity to grow in your capacity. So right here where you are, sitting right now in this room or listening on a, a podcast, think right now, what's one thing that's causing you to feel really stretched? Could you take that one thing, nothing else, just take that one thing, and lay it before God and say, God, in this area, I, like, I, I surrender this area that's causing me to feel stretched right now. And I want to ask you, turn this into faith. My capacity. Everything that causes us to feel stretched is an opportunity for God to grow our capacity. Number two, if you're taking notes, write this down as well. It sounds the same, but it's a little different. Everything that threatens to bury us can cause us to dig deeper. Everything that threatens to bear us. Have you ever felt like you're under the weight of the world? Have you ever felt like like you are under this impossible weight and it's like, I'm just going to, this is going to be the end of me. This grief I'm feeling right now is going to bury me and I will never get up from under this. This guilt that I feel right now is going to bury me. I'm never going to get out of this situation. I back myself into a corner. I'm stuck. Like you've ever felt that way? Like you're stuck? Like the decisions I made are going to follow me the rest of my life. My past is just like it's, it's right behind me. I'm never going to get, I'm just feeling so buried. Everything that, that threatens to bury you is an opportunity for you to dig deep. Like when you are in that type of overwhelming, like I, I can't even get a next breath out type of grief, that's when you dig deep. That's when I'm going to have to dig deep and just put my, all my hope and confidence in God. 
When you find yourself overwhelmed by guilt, that's when you dig deep and you say, this guilt does not define me because I've been made a new creation. You begin to declare what the Bible says is true over your life, that there's no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When you feel buried, that is a a trigger or reminder. This is an area I need to grow deeper in. This is an area I need to dig down deeper in. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by fear? Like this, I just feel like I can't dig myself up out of this hole. I am stuck in fear. Then that right there is the place you need to dig deep. Don't try to get around it. Don't try to, to like dig around it. Just dig deep right down in that place and find some confidence in, in who God says he is. Now, I'm not trying to minimize the things that's stretching you right now. I'm not trying to minimize the things that make you feel buried right now. I'm simply saying this, that the things that make you feel stretched are about capacity growing wider, and the things that make you feel buried are about a depth in your relationship with God. Most things that cause us to feel stretched end up uh, uh, on the other side of it that we are expanded into the lives of more people, and most things that leave us feel feeling buried are, are deepening our relationship with God. Does that make sense? Does that resonate with you? The, the things that, that bury us, like fear and guilt and pride and, and, and mistakes we've made and grief and heartache, and those things, they draw us closer to God. And most of the things like time and effort and energy and money and opportunity, like someone might be stretched right now because you've got 10 great opportunities and you don't know which one to take. And someone else is feeling buried because they got zero opportunities right now. Well, hey, in those 10 opportunities, God's growing you wider. And in that zero opportunity season, that's a time to, to dig a little bit deeper. Take advantage of how little you have to do right now and put that time towards investing in your relationship with God. You following with me? That makes sense? So everything that makes you feel stretched. How do you know you're stretched? Because you start to feel like, like you're on your last nerve. How do you know you're stretched? Because you're getting real thin. How do you know you're stretched because you feel like you're about to break? You feel like like something's probably going to dislocate? Are you with me? When you're feeling stretched, God is growing your capacity. Everything. What does growth feel like? Stretching. Like we cannot grow capacity without stretching. And I've found in my life every significant season of increased depth in my relationship with God has come on the, the, the heels of, of a season where I was feeling buried. Just telling you my, my own my own pattern in life, my own growth pattern has been this. I feel buried, and then I dig a little bit deeper, and I find the rock upon which I stand. I feel buried, and I said, you know, it's no problem because the seed of faith, for it to grow in anything big, has to be buried anyway. I feel like I'm just buried under the weight of something, and I go, well, that, that <clears throat> stuff that I'm buried under, that manure that I'm buried under, are you following with me? Like, you want to keep that on me and bury me under? Guess what? It's so fertile for a seed to grow. So he, meanwhile, you think you're burying me under? I'm just going to dig deep and let some roots go down underneath it and watch what type of growth will come out of my life on the other side. Everything that causes us to feel stretched is God growing our capacity. And everything that, that threatens to bury us is a reminder to dig a little bit deeper. Look at the book of Acts, if you will. We'll turn here real quick. I want to remind you of this story in the book of Acts. And with this, uh, we'll close today. This book of Acts story is an incredible thing. Acts chapter 16. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are in the city of Philippi. And they're doing what they can to see change. They saw a woman named Lydia who was significant and, and had lots of influence in Philippi. They saw her come to Christ. And while they're in Philippi, Acts 16 and verse 16, it says this. Once... 
when they were going to a place of prayer, they were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting this, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and he said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you, come out of her. And in that moment, the spirit, when her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and they dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrate and they said, these men are Jews and they're throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell, and he fastened their feet in stocks. Two things I'd love to highlight in this story thus far. Number one, how cool would it be if when you and I were annoyed, what came out of that situation was freedom for someone else. How cool would it be? Like this is, this is Paul being stretched and he's annoyed. It's annoyance that motivates him to see her delivered from the thing that she was in. I don't know about you. That is not what comes out of my life when you squeeze and annoy, like there's annoyance. When I'm in the stretch and I feel annoyed, I am not sure if that's the quality of what comes out of my life. God is still working on me. Like, this is what it feels like. Paul is like, I am so irritated. This woman continues to follow us. We're just trying to do a good work here. We're just trying to go to a place of prayer here. We're just trying to expand the kingdom here. And she just, she's behind us all the time. It's making everyone uncomfortable. And she's going, these men are bondservants of the most high God. They're declaring to you the way that you might find freedom. These men are bondservants. And he's just like, there's been days of this. I'm so stretched right now. I'm done with this. And then the quality of what comes out of his heart under pressure is in the name of Jesus Christ, be free. I mean, that's pretty good stuff right there. That's a little more faith than I presently have right now. Thank God that he's not done with me. Like, that's what it feels. They're being stretched, and instead of using it as an opportunity to lash out, they say, God is growing our capacity. God is doing something here. God is stretching us. And as a result of the the good work they had done, they get beaten severely flogged, stripped naked in public, and put in jail. Not just any jail, but the inner, bottom, you know, solitary confinement of prison. I don't know about you, maybe right now you feel like you're walking through some things that are not fair. You are in a circumstance that doesn't seem fair. And you're spending all of your time focused on fairness, all of your time thinking about fairness, and and like every prayer to God starts something like this, God, this is not right. I like the, the, the quality of your prayer life and your thought life and your, your confession is just like, this is not right. This is not, I did not deserve this. I don't deserve this. I didn't do anything to deserve this. They should not say that to me. They should not be doing that to me. I should have that job. They should not have that job. That's my job right there. I should, and, and it's all the things that are not fair. I wonder. I wonder if we focus too much on, on, on what's fair and not on, on freedom. Instead of focusing on what's fair, what if we focused on, on, on being free? And so, so they had taken away Paul's clothes. They'd taken away his, his actual like physical freedom. He's bound in chains. He's in stocks. 
They had taken away the liberty that he had to move about as he wanted to go. They had taken away his comfort, certainly being severe. What seemed unfair, the Bible says this, verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God and other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Can, can you just look at that one more time? Everyone's chains came loose. Not just Paul and Silas's chains, but everyone's chains came loose. Not just the ones who were singing the songs, but the ones who were listening to them singing them songs. Everyone's chains came loose. And the jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison's doors open, he drew a sword to kill himself because he knew the trouble he would be in. But Paul shouted out, don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights, and he rushed in, and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked them, sir, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord, and you will be saved, you and your whole household. And they went on. You can continue to read the story. His whole household experiences revival. They're saved. The church in Philippi grows. The church in Philippi expands. The church in Philippi becomes like a model church in an entire region of the world. What was happening right here as Paul and Silas were stretched, instead of, of, of breaking, instead of being irritated and annoyed, what came out of their annoyance was God growing their capacity. And then when they were buried in the bottom of a prison, buried in unfairness, buried in what is not right, instead of focusing on fair, they focused on free. Instead of focusing, I'm still completely free to worship God. I can't move anywhere. I don't have my clothes. I don't have my comfort. I, I, don't, have, I don't have what seems here, but, but here's one thing I can do. You cannot stop me from worshiping God. And so they used the little freedom they had and that little freedom they had broke free in such a way that not only they, but everyone who heard got free. I don't know about you right now. There could be a situation that feels like it's burying you, and, and that's not fair. Like the thing you're facing right now, it's not fair. What if we just agreed it's not fair? So now what? Like what if we just all agree, yeah, that's not fair that you should have to go through that. It's not fair that I should have to feel this. So what are we going to do? Instead of focusing on fair, why not focus on free? So here's the one thing I can do. In the midst of this, I'm going to praise God. In the midst of this, I'm going to dig deep. In the midst of this, guess what came out of their life? The songs they had learned, the scripture they had learned. And as they dug deep in the Lord, not only they, but everyone who heard got free. And then what happened? God grew their area of activity. He took them above and beyond. I want to remind you today, faith requires action. If you're feeling stretched, God's growing your capacity. Like, like put, put some action to it. If you're feeling buried, God is, is, is inviting you to go deeper with him. Let's put some action to it. Last thing I want to say is this. Thank you, Lord. Maybe Neto, if you could come back to the keys. Last thing I want to say is this. I really believe this is true, that God wants to grow the volume of your testimony. God wants to grow the volume of our testimony. Now, I don't know about you, when I, when I hear volume, uh, in, in as it pertains to testimony, I'm thinking of, of like the decibel level. I'm thinking of volume versus volume. I'm thinking about, about sound. But think about it in this way. God wants to grow the, the actual volume of your testimony. If you stay small, if you don't allow yourself to be stretched, if you don't allow yourself to go, go deeper, then the volume of your testimony stays pretty limited. And so you have, you have like a, an opportunity to impact on a really small sphere. In a really small level, affecting just a few people around you. And I think that's great. That's like a seed of faith, like faith like a mustard seed. God can do something great with that faith. 
as we go wider and as we dig deeper, that God would grow our faith. And as a result, there would be more volume to our testimony. You following with me? That there'd actually be an increase of the sphere of service, that there'd be more people to serve, more lives to affect, more areas uh, of, of this world to interact with, that there'd be more corners of the city where presently the light of God is not shining, that it would shine, that God would increase the volume of our testimony. I think as he increases the volume, like the actual space that it occupies, God also increases the volume, the sound of that testimony. As there's an increase in the, in the space that we occupy, there's also an increase in the, the sound that comes out of this place. And right now, there, there's someone saying, man, I feel so annoyed with some of the things I'm facing right now, or I feel like it's so unfair, like I'm getting stretched and I'm, I'm, I'm getting buried. But instead of focusing on fair, let's focus on free. Let's put some action to the faith that we profess, that God is for us, he's not against us. He's on our side. And we might just find that not only us, but everyone who hears our life would find freedom as well. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church Podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.